name is Michael Kuehl. I'm Roger Bell-West. And this is a thing we call Improvised Radio Theatre with Dice, a podcast about role-playing games. And uh, we've come indoors because the summer weather in England has turned chilly. We had a month of summer, what do you expect? About that, actually. And uh, we've come into a boudoir, or maybe granny flat, in Roger's house. And what are we going to talk about this week? Month? Well... Traveller and the, the setting that goes with Traveller, that, that's th- hundreds or thousands of worlds, each of which with, with its own, has its own little cultural quirk. How does this work? What makes it fun? What makes it playable? Also, we're going to be given, giving tips to a promising and upcoming time travel GM. Let's get on with that. spirit of Ask uh, Ken and Robin. And because I'm feeling all proactive, I'm answering a question which hasn't been asked. But I'm sure he would ask it if he knew that it were available. Yeah, we're doing this in honour of Pum. Hello, Pum. This is advice to you. Pum is a player in my Wednesday night group, a gentleman of far fame. Um, And uh, he is offering to take some of the burden of GMing off me by running um, an intermittent uh, time travel game. Uh, we ran um, one of the adventures from um, Time Watch uh, recently, but the group, whilst enjoying the idea of it, wasn't terribly taken with the gumshoe system. And so Pum is proposing to run a similarly based, uh, file off the uh, the serial numbers and uh, do his own ad- adaptations, uh, campaign uh, using uh, basic role-playing. A uh, big gold book and a few um, additions. And so what I thought I would do on this occasion, we would do, Roger, throwing his sage advice, is to talk about the difficulties, pitfalls, things you have to be prepared for when you're GMing a time travel game. Yeah, uh, we have talked about time travel role-playing games before briefly in a previous episode, uh, but that was mostly looking at what was available, what had been published, rather than the specifics. The first thing I do want to say, though, is there are two sorts of time travel campaigns, as far as I'm mm-hmm. concerned. One of them is the one where you go and play in history, mm-hmm. and then you come back. The other one is where you break time and causality. Well, the trouble is that the first can so easily turn into the second. Um, Doctor Who, uh, of venerable fame and about mm-hmm. to be regenerated, has always... Not paid any attention to paradoxes unless they feel like paying attention to it that week. Yeah, but it's very noticeable that in the earlier uh, series, it's very much, we we will use this mysterious box, which is blatantly a plot device, mm. as an excuse to go and have an adventure with Romans or cavemen or Aztecs or whatever, yeah. And then we will come back and not worry about it anymore. With one notable exception, which the fans have already named, so I won't bother. Mm. However... Later on in the series, it was much more, well, here is a thing that the TARDIS can specifically do or not do. Here is an adventure that is based on what the TARDIS can do or not do. Mm. Here here are time loops and causality problems. And once you've gone there, 
it's very difficult to go back. I'm not saying you should never do this in a time travel game, but I think, as a GM in particular, one should be aware that this will change what the game is about. Right, well, the the pattern that I think Pum is, is taking is the time patrol pattern, which is, is what Time Watch does. Um, it sets up a base um, in the far past, which is destined to be destroyed by uh, by um, a paradox explosion, and, and I think that's supposed to kill off the dinosaurs or something like that. Oh right, I, I was just thinking. Why? Yes, I'm a wandering volcanologist. Can you tell me where I can find others of my kind? <laughs> <laughs> we are, and and they are there to preserve the timeline. Uh, they have a very busy job keeping people from trying to assassinate Hitler. And to uh, to stop um, stop other time travellers from buggering up the continuum. So basically, your basic mission is that you go out because there has been an alert to say somebody's messing about with time. You go out and you try and find the problem, and you fix it. Mm. The setup allows for a certain amount of cool exploitation of um, time travel. You have um, you have a lot of kit to make your survival in another time more likely, not just um, a universal translator, but also a um, a, a, a chameleon cloaking field for each individual. Mm. And uh, you have these really cool time bikes. But in I know a, where they got those from. In a, uh, they, they, they expand from handlebars. You just carry the handlebar around with you, <laughs> and you can hit people with it if you feel like it. It's not really a good idea. The Do delicate... you realise how much that club costs? Oh. <laughs> anyway, anyway, the, I don't know how much of this pun will take, but I think he'll take the ba- basic mission thing. And in an effort to contain the cool things you can do with time, Time Watch says... You put yourself under stress and strain every time you use time travel, every time you jump into the time stream mm-hmm. and um, and, dis- and move from your appointed place, and you've only got so much resistance and sk- to that and skill and dodging around it. Um, so basically, using a pool me- uh, the pool points mechanism of uh, Gumshoe to limit the amount of really clever stuff. Uh, but also mm-hmm. to allow the players to say, right now, I don't care. The only way to solve this is I get, if I go and become my own grandfather and go off and <laughs> risk and try try to do it if they want a spectacular finish. Well, I always thought Granny looked pretty good. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not actually... I'm sure there are arguments, genetic arguments, why it can't, can't be your grandfather. Maybe you have to be a great-grandfather, but who knows? Yeah. I think... The other game I've seen that restricts this um, directly and mechanically is Time Master, the base setter one. Oh, I, I never played... I don't think I... I may, may have played it once. It had cool flying time bikes. Um, however, the the key thing, I think, is that you you had a specific number of jumps. You had, I think it was five or six or something like that, fuel capsules for your bike, and one of them is to get out and one of them is to get back. Yeah. And so you, ha- you have a limited number of things you can do. There, there were also all sorts of fun rules about Paradox. Is it is well? I I think if you meet yourself, you end up you end up in a in a lock, and you can't get out of that yourself. Somebody else has to get you out, and there are people who've just vanished this way. Yeah, the real extreme example of um, 
of abuse of the timeline is continuum, but that yeah, that doesn't try to restrict it at all. Except, except, by, except bigger by time you, travelers will eat you. Ex- well, it, it tries to restrict it by, by by making you do large amounts of accountancy for your entire life. Well, I'm sure this is not. Um, <laughs> oh, but this is fun. Yes. Okay. I'm sure I, that is what is I would call a niche game. All right. Yeah. It, yeah. I, I have played in it. Uh, there is no way I would ever run it. Yeah, but but you can, you know, you can you can jump, uh, you can fugue, do fugue combat, and bring your cells from the future back to help yourself now. Except it never seems to work out that way, you know. Mm. There was one quite enjoyable series by Simon Hawke, um, which st- started off with uh, this sort of thing, and and d- they did have, for example, fugue combat, as in. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to win this 30 seconds of fight and then jump back 30 seconds and do it again from a different place and, and so on. And, so, and the enemy is doing this too. And sooner or later, one of us is going to take a bullet, at which point the whole thing comes apart messily. Yeah. And as a literary technique, it works very well. If it works in the game, that's great. Hang on, we, we would try it, uh, rather than reminiscing about all the games we well, have I'm, I'm read, specifically saying this is a thing to be careful about. Yeah. Uh, if if the game can support it well, then this is a great thing. If if it is going to bog everything down in what should be the most fast-moving and exciting and critical moments. Yeah, there's going to be arguments. There, there, this is going to be critical that you get buy-in and your players don't want to say, hang on a minute, you can't do that, or hang on a minute, I can do that. At, at critical moments, um, so be aware of any any tendencies towards uh, rules lowering and nitpicking. Some players will just go with with the the foie 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 and so, and allow allow it to be hand waved. But but I'm a person, and I'm going to be running in playing in pubs games. So you know, I'm a person who who hates the the, the sudden freeze of fridge logic. When I go to when I go and get myself a cup of tea after an episode of Doctor Who, and I think, hang on, that made absolutely no sense whatsoever. Yeah, um, this is a thing that I think games can get right, and okay, it will help if you have cooperative players as opposed to adversarial ones from the GM's point of view. But one of the things that I enjoy an awful lot is the sort of game that is essentially exploring a non-real thing, mm. whether it's the magic or the time travel or, or the tech or whatever. And the players and Jim working together to see, yeah, we can we can combine things in this way. Yeah. The... Uh, or the, the, this strangeness and that strangeness imply this other thing, and if this other thing is true, we can test that, we can experiment and, and do that. And then One thing that I think, if you're really good, you can tie into this, is the difficulty of making an a campaign arc in a t- in the in this setup, in this mission based time travel thing. Mm. I think, um, all right. You you go out. You have um, you have uh, time meddler of the week. You figure out what it is they're doing, what it, the way they're altering things, and then you go back and you fix it, and you have a big fight, and then you go home. Just what is an atomic bazooka anyway, and why are they so great? Mm. <laughs> it's the atomic hand grenade always one that worried me ah, it has been a, a privilege serving with you <laughs> about to vaporise our position um, 
Yeah, you, you do have the problem that's, that's the thing I think we've mentioned before in another context, that you don't really have much in the way of a recurring NPC there, because every every week is a new setting. Well, I think so I wh- think what you do well, first of all, you, you have you have an enemy side, I think. Yeah. You have um the cockroaches or the dinosaurs who want their timeline back. You have the fanatic or uh we can make the world better people. Um who are trying out their theory of the week. But what I was going to say was, if you're going to make an arc, I would make it out of the implications of earlier adventures. Yep. If you make... If there are things... I'm advising you to take good notes about the stuff that gets left over, the stuff that is hanging, the stuff that never gets resolved and bring it together into the uh, towards the the season end towards any sort of climax that is what i would i would try to do there was a thing that was they didn't never really did much with but was uh, part of the early stages of the revival revival series of doctor who of this guy is turning up in photographs from multiple years apart you know, here, here he is telling people not to get on the Titanic, and here he is, fifty years later, looking exactly the same, doing something else. Yeah. And there are conspiracy theorists who are collecting this stuff. Mm. Now picture that across a historical scope. Yeah. Well, not necessarily. They looked like this, but you know, th- there seem to have been these these sudden, unexplained historical events, and you know, they, they will have missed some of them, obviously, and yeah. they will have brought in a whole bunch that weren't the PCs. Yeah. But they will have this theory of what the mysterious PC faction is trying to do, ranging ranging from the the hidden laws of Agatha um, to a- alien aliens interfering to actually a right guess, but that's that's yeah. a very unlikely. But mostly, they will be a complete nuisance. Yeah, be- people... because they, because they will be primed to say, you know, we, we, we've got two thousand people um, across. England watching this Facebook page and and saying, "Aha! Here is a weird thing. Let's all con- let's all convene on it." Yeah, that's going to be a bastard. That is from from the point of view of your time travellers. <laughs> Obviously, the time travellers are Mark Zuckerberg, or, and, and 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 Facebook entirely belongs to the time travellers. So they they're never going to notice this. That's funny. Every every time I post something involving the word chronotons, I get a post error. <laughs> Okay, thing thing that occurs to me, and to be fair, this is not so much a thing that Pump should do in his game as a thing that I would like to do in my game. Oh, so God. it may, may well not be appropriate. Uh, but is how do you make historical periods interesting? Because it is it is very easy, particularly since they are obstruction of the weak, mm. to to see historical people as an irrelevant nuisance. The thing I would like to do, if I were doing something like this, is is ignorant but not stupid. Mm. They do not know about your time travel. Fair enough. Uh, they know more about their own world than you do because they've been living in it and you've had a 10-minute briefing. Yeah. Okay, maybe you're a specialist historian, but they still know more about the reality of their world. Their life of the mind may well be as rich as yours. It's just pointed in a different direction. Mm. And in order to keep people like that important, it would be nice to have to imitate the locals in some way or blend in with them or influence them. Yeah. There is only so far... As that... opposed to hiding under the comedian cloak and hitting them with a stunner. Well, the, uh, yeah. There's only so much that the comedian cloak can do. It's a problem I'm facing a running in nominee, which it, 
though though the souls of the humans are the battleground on which the 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 whole thing the war between heaven and hell is taking place the 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 humans are so puny by and large that it's difficult to compare to uh, angels and demons that it's difficult to make people care it it helps if you throw in a somebody who is unexpectedly powerful or even as i did when i threw in alexander the great somebody who is expectedly powerful um, i think this is the same problem that came up a lot in white wolf and in games influenced by the white wolf way of doing things that we we are the cool guys and we are the important people and the other the other important people are cool guys like us hmm. not boring old humans yeah it is a i would say Bear in mind, yeah. Bear in mind that you uh, you you won't always find yourself facing the famous people when they are weak and puny. That that's the time when you want to take them out of history. Let's be perfectly frank. <laughs> Strangle them in their in their cradles. You know, is, is uh, make sure that their parents never meet. It's a it's the classic way to to pull this off. But the but the problem is, yes, get them involved. Get them caring. It's hard to do so if it's only, if you're only there for uh, for the week. If it's only the mission of the week, uh, and there is only so much. Gosh, wow! I'm standing next to uh, um, Thomas Edison that the players are going to feel. Yeah, tourism is not in itself enough to sustain a game. I feel. Yeah, you've got to, got to interact with things. The thing that's occurring to me talking about this is there. There is another model of a story with a, a regular cast and new guest cast every week. Well, yeah. there are several. But the one that's occurring to me is CSI, various series. Mm, yeah, I never really followed it. Go so you, you've got a core group that's the criminal investigators. Yeah. And you have a bunch of what are, in effect, NPC who are initially their lab techs and yeah. the, the, the captain who sends them out on missions and things like that. And when, when the series wants to get soap operatic, it will have an interaction between them mm. More likely, more probably than it is to have an interaction with, with between them and witnesses and so on, because the witnesses aren't going to be coming back. Occasionally, yeah. you get somebody who's involved in something who will come back later when they when they want to do something like that. But mostly, it's within the lab. Yeah. So I wonder whether uh, is is this technological time travel? Yeah. So there's probably going to be a lot of people in white coats who who keep the machinery working, for example. Mm, true. And. Again, a thing that would be nice to do would be, would be to to have them as as regular people, not not just he, the guy who gives you your mission, but um, the the guy who says, "Oh, go, go a bit easy on the chronoton overdrive." I'm still trying to fix that. I think. Well, I think one way I one the way I do it is to have regular guest time travelers, people who are friendly, um, or at least neutral, or at least neutral, but not part of. Of the well, all right. If we want the the neutrals, then we have the the treasure hunters, who are being careful, but are actually hiding things in places they will later find them. There are also possibly um, time travellers from other agencies, but that, yeah. I, if I were in charge of preserving the the the, the continuum, I just want one agent. I want one authority 
um, no matter how bloated it gets to uh, uh, to coordinate things. Yeah, to jump sideways a bit, or possibly more more to rotate ninety degrees. Um, GURPS Infinite Worlds, as it was implemented in fourth edition, does this moderately nicely. Of course, because you 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 have the basic infinity versus centrum, mm-hmm. which is more or less our world versus dubious authoritarian world as presented. Well, meaning dubious. It, it can get a lot world. more complicated than that, but but essentially they are the they are the primary opposition. Yeah. They have similar cross universe in this case traveling tech. It's slightly better. They are trying to achieve basically similar things just in a different direction. So yeah, they they are the primary enemy, and that's fine. Yeah. And that was how original GURPS Infinite Worlds was presented. But there are two more significant cross-world travelling factions in 4th edition, one of which is the Cabal. And the Cabal is essentially mad mages, or at least mages who are so highly developed in their magic as to not really have much relationship to reality anymore, at least as the Infinity Patrol understands it. Yeah, yeah. Um, So if, if you meet a Cabal mage, he might be the enemy, he might be a useful ally, he might have absolutely nothing that you want and vice versa. But, you know, you, you both want to get through this blast door. Yeah. Um, that, that's what I mean by neutrals. So you, you could use a similar sort of thing in time travel, as, lo- as long as you don't have a major worry about paradoxes. You also have the Nazis. You also have the dimension-hopping Nazis, because you've got to have dimension-hopping Nazis, don't you? Who, who are simply bad guys. Yeah, uh, Centrum doesn't they, they, understand this. They do not, not have the subtlety of Centrum. So, no, Centrum, not having had Nazis... Doesn't really understand this, but um, uh, Infinity Incorporated is trying desperately hard to explain it to them. I like that bit. Uh, all right. One of the things I was going to say was how much research. How much <laughs> do you? Um, all right. I know you, you know me. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah. But you like to do research. Uh, you you have, have stuck to running the World War. World War Two game 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 for a long time, and you researched the bejesus out of it. But yes, uh, it's, well, it's yeah. quite surprising when I see somebody posting something, and I think, "Hang on, I actually know about that. <laughs> I know more than you do about that. How did that happen?" Uh, you got old, Roger. I'm terribly sorry about that. <laughs> I'm, I'm used to knowing more than other people do about computers. Yeah, or or many in many cases role playing games or whatever. But I'm not used to knowing it about history. Dash it all. This wasn't what you signed up for, was it? Yeah. But the point the point is that, that Palm, if he does it this way, is going to have to do um, Adventure of the Week, Historical Setting of the Week. Now, given the existence of Unicorn Trouble, and for those of you who don't listen to me as every week, every month, um, Unicorn Trouble is my, my code phrase for the fact that when you sat, sit down at an game, average gaming table and make a statement about anything, it will turn out that one of your players is an expert in it, or at least has an uncle who did his PhD in bloody unicorns, and will and will tell you exactly where you're wrong. So how much research do you I wonder need? if this is, this, is, this is a player relationship thing. Um, and if, 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 if I'm... In that situation, the player will say, well, hang on, I know about this. And I say, right, well, can, can we just have a quick five-minute conflap about it? And, uh, right, okay, that works then. Actually, and, 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 and stuff I have to share with the player at that point will, will not bleed into the actual gameplay because they're competent players. No, actually, what I do is say, well, if you know all about it, why don't you tell the group? And then I listen to what they have to say and yep, decide that's how also much good. of it is true and how much, how much I can use to trip up the player. 
Uh, it's certainly one of the things keeping me on my toes in the World War II game in that I have um, approximately two and a half real experts in the subject mm. out, out of the player group. So I, I need to get a, a, a minimal level of research done right. Yeah. And when I change things, they're going to spot them, which is great. <laughs> Leave this aside. Yeah. How much? How much do you think you need to know? Everything. Yeah, yeah. On a weekly basis. I mean, look, Pum isn't going to be doing this every week, but he's going to. He's, he's going to. What's What's a good amount of hook for a historical thing? The all right. Spoilers coming up uh, for one of the for the time travel adventure we did for uh, Time Watch. Uh, and I think that the idea was preventing um, what Wagner from ever happening um, in order to prevent Nazism. Uh, this apparently works. I'm not convinced, but okay. Yeah. Um, well, well, because everybody else had tried assassinating Hitler, and and and, <laughs> and, and Time Watch is on to that. Um, but how much do you need to know? Um, uh, how much is going to be of interest to the players? How much are they going to need to be told in order to get a firm grip on what's going on? How much can you assume? You can't assume anything. People are going to go, Wagner? Who? But what's, what, what's a good well, level you, of you, you information? You do at least have the model that you can have a briefing. Yeah. So you, you can give a basic level of that. True. Yes. Um, if, if I had lots of time for a game like this, I'm, I might even do, do it up as a presentation with, with, with um, you know, PowerPoint. Richard Wagner, dates, X to Y, etc. Yeah. Actually, the... Yeah, all right. I think, I think I've answered my own question. We can assume that your players are a reasonably educated bunch. I, or they I, wouldn't want to play a time travel game. My feeling is that I can assume the players are a reasonably educated bunch because at least one of them will be educated enough and if the if somebody else has to ask something then then the players can sort it out among themselves. Hmm. Yeah, the uh well, don't be embarrassed to um, ask. What, what, what I don't want to do and and I think this this may be that what one of the edge cases you're concerned about is be, as a GM have to lecture the players on something. That's not fun. <sighs> We have different ideas of fun. Um, For the I, I, do, I do well. Ah. <laughs> oh, <right>. them, them. <laughs> yes, yes. They they must be considered as well. Uh, ah. Hang on, I had a thought and it drifted from my mind. I was going to say that there is always the possibility of playing the ignorant caveman who has got snatched up in the um, uh, in the in the in time in time travel, but has his own strengths. One thing I've seen done in some Jamie. fictional models yeah, Scots, is, is that all the time agents are not natives of, of the time-travelling civilization, but are people who have been scooped up from earlier periods. Well, that's classic out of uh, out of Paul Anderson's time patrol. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and which which, fight, which and, gives you an excuse for not doing a full development of the, of the home society. Well, uh, yeah, the, you the, cannot be allowed to know about it. It would cause paradoxes. Well, quite the 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 the, the Mavalians, I think they were called in 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 Time Patrol, were just too transcendently transhuman uh, to be comfortable in the same room with with them, and the uh, and they would never blend in. You're looking for people who can can you know uh, fit in. Um, 
Ah, so we want a team of con men. Yes. <laughs> uh, 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 con men are, uh, uh, skills are dashed in important. So are investigative skills, which is why um, Time Watch um, is the way it is. And so are hitting things and blowing things up skills. Mm-hmm. And killing and killing people silently is also, also very useful. And uh, being able to... Um, Grab people, put them in a sack, and take them back to headquarters. Is is is, is <laughs> a time be sack? A time sack. Yeah. Yeah, I would be tempted to, uh, in in terms of tra- having to try to interact with locals and things. I I don't know what what uh, time watch offers in this, but I, I'd be tempted to have some sort of paradox system based on how much weird stuff happened and was witnessed by the locals, or can eventually yeah. be witnessed by the locals. So some somebody vanishes in medieval England. That's not too surprising. Everybody just assumes he got robbed on the road. Yeah. That, that doesn't cause paradox. If, if, if there is a noise like ripping thunder and, and, and you see him stagger and fall down with lots of tiny holes in him, that, that is a strange thing. Uh, uh, by the time you get to the Napoleonic Wars, then a man walking around the horses and not walking back becomes... Is noted. Is noted, yeah, quite. And and uh, now you and in the surveillance society uh, things get much more complicated for time travellers. Which would which would be a good excuse for operating mostly in what to the players are historical periods. Yeah, but uh, I'm not quite sure what you do when you recruit somebody and send them for the first time into their future. I'm not sure how well a um, uh, a Mongol uh, raider is going to adapt to um, 21st century London. But it would be an interesting thing to play out, I suspect. Yeah, mo- most... Mm, I think pretty much all travel games I've met have focused primarily on going into into one's past, or in, into the world's past, Yeah, with the exception of Continuum. The future is such a, a tempting target. I'm coming up with a... A scenario now in which somebody kidnaps Genghis Khan and drops him into Tooting Beck or somewhere <laughs> like that in the 21st century and just loses him. And the problem is to find him before he gets gets himself killed or before elected, elected um, arrested, whatever. Yeah, you don't... Actually, oh, no, no. actually, actually you want to get him before he discovers his own future. Here's, here's a perverse idea. Yeah. You can time travel into the future, but whenever you do it, it seems to be a future in which time travel has never happened. How could you tell? Uh, excuse me, stepping out, out of your TARDIS, <laughs> sniffing the air and licking well, your finger. No, that's the thing. It's not immediately obvious. But, um, for example, if, if you are the Time Corps, an actual organisation... Yeah you're going to be able to find traces of it because you you know the recognition signs and things. And you say, well, no, there just wasn't there. There never was that secret base under Centre Point. Hmm. We, yeah, there that's there are several it, possible explanations of that. That's why it was built, of course. That, that, that's a nice that, big that, mystery that big for the season. symbol to say, all agents report here. Yeah, you know, <laughs> that makes perfect sense. Likewise, the Washington Monument now makes sense. And large numbers of... Uh, gosh, they're all male, aren't they, in the Time Corps? It's really, really, they're compensating a lot. <laughs> there, there, there is something essentially um, diminishing about seeing the vastness of time for the first time. <laughs> yeah, you, you, that's what you're compensating for. Right. So, <laughs> that, I don't know, I hope some of this is useful advice. 
We hope. Not, or we're, it we, makes me want to run a sign travel game now. So okay. Well, we hope, Pam, that you will find some of this are uh, useful, and uh, we look forward uh, to further reports and um, and good luck there. Evel wrote and asked us about what I might call traveller-esque settings where you've got quite a lot of worlds that people, or essentially people, live on. So, you know, the science fiction stories of Paul Anderson, H. Bean Piper, Song of Heinlein, Niven's Known Space. Basically, you, you've got a, enough worlds that you probably don't actually have a list of them anywhere convenient. Mm. At least when the adventure is of the campaign is something like the traveller style of going from world to world. A lot of what's interesting about it is that you're interacting with weird local cultures. Yeah. Uh, as Mark Harrison said in The Travellers, when you've seen one a 788899A planet, you've seen them all. <laughs> That's a reason that they're popular. The interesting thing is, yeah, I, I think it helps if they, if they are basically human, because it is then surprising you when... They, yeah. they all go to the, they all go to the same church every morning, or they all change jobs every Thursday, or whatever. If, if if they're aliens, you expect them to be weird. If they're humans, you can be surprised by a weird culture. Yeah, the alien culture tends to be uh, a species of hats. If you know, yeah, the they yeah the Aslan are in in Traveller are always uh, fierce fierce um, pseudo samurai warriors in the case of the males, and and cunning uh, business manager in the case case of the females. So it is, apart from the ones which are really over, over the top of the scale weird. Sorry, I'm just, I'm just picturing it. I am Horal the Mighty, and this is my wife and business manager. <laughs> yeah, she takes care of the... She, uh, yeah, 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 yes, to present the bill to her. <laughs> anyway, so how do you get them there? Well, uh, in Traveller, you get them there... Hang on. You get them there by 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 jumping ship. No, originally, how, how do you get all these subtle planets? Because Traveller doesn't do that. Traveller specifically says the ancients done it. Yeah, they they dumped humans all over the galaxy in, in a sort of cosmic littering. I have a, an explanation for all those human um, for all those human inhabited planets in Doctor Who, uh, but it does involve time travel, um, and I'm thinking <laughs> of patenting it. They they ended up doing one in I think Trek Next Generation ex- trying to explain why why all the oh, aliens yes. it was terrible it was just unsatisfying it was a bit it was a bit twee it must be said is it, t- next... t- taking a thing which everybody has accepted as a plot device and bringing it into the story is often a failure I, I don't really want to talk more about that because it's not relevant but try not to do that I, I think um... so I, I think to be fair you can simply say it it's a plot device don't look too closely at it for something this big and strange. The, the the other main major option is there's been starfaring civilization for a while, yeah, um, and so they've just spread out. You do to some extent need some degree of isolation, or you don't get the weird cultures. And th- this this I think is the meat of it. Mm. How do you get weird isolated cultures that you can still get to and do interesting things with? And I think this is defined by travel. Yeah. So, if it's quick and cheap, mm. uh, airliner equivalent, 
the weird isolated cultures don't survive because they're constantly talking to each other. They're constantly getting tourists coming in. They they don't get to uh, well, they don't, sacrifice they, they, every they, third they, ship that lands. They 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 survive, but they mutate. Well, well the, the they, culture the, the culture doesn't survive. The people do. Well, well I was going to say. <sighs> Some bits of culture depend upon lo- local geography, upon lo- local biospheres, and um, uh, and the availability of stuff that may not be transportable. Yeah, and and so and so yet yeah, you yes you still uh, even in the age of jet travel you still go to a specific place to get a specific dish to witness a specific um, ritual which they've always done there. Nobody's exporting bull running, I notice, uh, or or that that mm. that insane horse. Is it horse? Th- is it bulls? They run through the streets of the Italian city, as I'm thinking of. Yeah, uh, probably Spanish. But all right, right. Well, nobody's ex- apart from places that were colonised by Spain. Nobody's exporting um, uh, bullfighting either. Mm. Um, and and so pl- things survive. Because it would be too much trouble and not enough profit to move them. Yep. Um, and and that, those bits of culture continue, and and the society that sustains them and the viewpoints that sustain them continue to exist, despite the fact that the people running away from the bulls could just uh, work will late, later on get on a, a a jet plane and travel to New York and have burgers. That's fair enough. I I think some sort of communication silo is helpful here, whether mm. that's and just looking at the modern world, yeah. um, restricted internet access is helpful in in keeping something distinctive. Language difficulties, in particular. Well, you have a, a, a country where where they don't speak English for the most part. Yeah, ha- is much less likely to get go full full on into American culture borrowing as we have, yeah. for example. And it, it happens. And improving, but... we improve your culture, Americans. <laughs> you don't realise this. On the other hand, I think there probably should be universal language. Or equivalent thereof, because if if there isn't, then the adventure is always about communication. And I played Captain Blood the video game, mm. and it wasn't very good. On the other hand, I'd, I'd, I'd rather have languages that a universal language than universal translator, because having the occasional language problem can actually be interesting. You know, you might say, as with air traffic control now, and everybody who's who's working with starships yeah. needs to be able to speak generic galactic. Yeah. Uh, to 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 a functional standard, but when you go outside the starport fence, um, you'll meet. You know, obviously, the town immediately outside it, where, where they cater to horny and thirsty spacemen, will speak General Galactic. You yeah. go a bit further out, they may well not. Yeah, the, uh, the well, we we have better uh, better grounds to um, limit interstellar communication. I, I don't know. It's all. It's all. Uh, the Ansible is is no. More or less likely than the uh, uh, than the jump drive, uh, but but it feels it feels more reasonable to say things only go by ship. Um, you well, from, from the point of view of of having adventures, it is very nice to be able to say, right, you 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 guys are the ship on the spot. Yeah, you're it. Yeah, uh, you you can call for help, and and if you're still here in six months when the message gets back, that's great. Yeah, but. Yeah, it is is especially good for naval or patrol-based campaigns to say you are the people on the spot. You have authority to act in the name of the of the co-dominion or the emperor or whatever, and we'll only court-martial you if you get it wrong. 
Yeah, as long as the Emperor is happy when he finds out what he did in your name, all is well. Yeah. If it's slow to keep the isolation, then it's boring. Mm. Interstellar slower than light travel. Yeah, yeah. You you could, I think, just about do this. Something like Alastair Reynolds. Um, I can't remember. Is it conjoiners, he calls them? I can't remember either. He, he has the, the, the basically, you, you have a community that consists of perhaps 10 or 20 people on a single slower than light, but not by very much ship. Mm. And they are, in effect, their own society because they, they go from one planet to the next over what to them is years and what to everybody else is decades. Well, I think... And, and they, they are the communications line for anything that can't just be sent by laser. Yeah, I th- I, the other place I've seen that is in Alexei Panshin's Rite of Passage. Um, and I can't remember the details of the interstellar drive, but you have generation ships that were sent out seeded worlds and then the crews of the ship said sod it we're going to keep on traveling mm-hmm. between the worlds and they maintain high technology relative to the local people but they aren't really very nice people when you come down to it <laughs> um but but i could see i could see that working as a as a uh world, world of the week um it does thing. have the problem that you really can't go back to anywhere no no, you, you're on a, a long voyage, and your descendants may get back to this world one day, but it really doesn't appeal as a as a, a as a setting. It, it would be quite tempting to do something like do it something like Pendragon style, mm. where, where you have a dynastic game. But anyway, yeah, yeah, that thought occurred to me. But what I was going, going to say was, you've had um, because for the for this splintering of cultures to happen, you've had in the past. Um, a a a a a dark age, a fall. Not necessarily. Oh, all right. Well, this, this, is... this is what I'm trying to get at. Oh, go on. If the cult, if the travel is configured right, mm. then you can have societies that are aware that the greater civilization is out there and interact with it a bit, yeah. but don't, but but do keep their distinctiveness. So, if it's expensive, then you don't get many travelers. Mm-hmm. If you have travel that is cheap, but essentially a bit slow, as in it takes weeks or months, that takes out a lot of your standard tourism, because nobody's going to travel two weeks, have one week on a a planet, and then then travel two weeks going back. Or, well, a few people will, because people are stupid, but it's essentially possible. Uh, it, It won't be a major cultural influence. But it's cheap enough that you know, there are some people who earn their living travelling. Yeah. There are some people who just don't, don't put a high value on their time and don't mind spending a few weeks on a ship. Mm. Um, migrants, people who work in space, the con men who work the space liners, yeah. um, soldiers and administrators getting sent to a new posting, and so on. There, there are enough people who do have to travel for one reason or another that there is a solid interstellar structure in place, yeah. but not so many that you can't have a world that's reasonably isolated if it wants mm. to be. You know, it's just got a primitive spaceport. Nobody really goes there very much. Once or twice a year, a ship turns up to, to um, take, the, take the local pharmaceuticals and, and return whatever they've ordered. Yeah, well, the the classic way to do, do this with with a traveller is, is, the, is the star that is just too out of range for, to be popular. There are, there are chains of easily... 
jumpable stars which cheaper starships can get to. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's the one that's over there. You can reach it with a jump four, but honestly, there's no major reason for anybody to go there much. And the fuel to do it takes up enough of your ship that you need to be taking something pretty valuable. Yeah. It's even easier to do this with um, with a um, jump line based thing. Uh, uh, I'm not quite sure what the distinction is. You can only jump from A to B. The, the problem with a, an isolation of that is it generally tends to be absolute. Either every ship can do it or no ship can do it. Yeah, but if you're if you if you are if you're on a spur, if nobody wants to, uh, if you're on a spur and there's no way through, then your culture becomes that much more isolated because you're not yep. going to get people who are just passing through, and that the the destination beyond you makes you, stopping at your place that much more more useful yeah if you do have realistic um space tech you need to get very careful about how the ftl works because if uh, you do you remember do you ever play elite computer game I, I i wasted many many hours and days of my youth upon it you you can turn on your hyperdrive basically anywhere mm. and you arrive always at some distance from the planet so you can get shot at boys and girls but Particularly once you have fuel scoops, there is no reason to go to a planet if it's on a route that you're taking. Yeah, and, um, and, and, so, and so, it has a gas giant. Yes. So, right. well, in 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 Elise, it was the stars that you skimmed off. All right, but because uh, they didn't have gas giants, they could only have two celestial objects. All right, but um, I, th- I think the trick there is, if you want people to come to the planet, hmm. then make the FTL work so that you have to trog across the system to some extent. Yeah. Um, you know, since you're already spending a couple of weeks going across the system, you might as well drop off at the planet as well, and then you might say, you know, be able to drop off some passengers, pick up some new ones, mm. and so on. I was never quite convinced um, by any of the economic systems in Traveller, but in any of its iterations, it never seemed to quite make sense. The the, the fact that Traveller Far Trader, yeah, no, is, is the one I like. Yeah, I, I found it collapsed. Um, I can't remember. I, I've said this before. I found it collapsed when we tried it, and I can't quite remember why. But uh, yeah, it seems to be designed. They seem to be carefully designed to just about make it worthwhile to keep going when you are a when you're a far tra- free trader or a far trader, mm-hmm. and not to make any money. But people are assumed to be making money. But they're all the corporate drones in the in the big. Subsidised merchants. There was at least one variant of um, the Traveller trade rules, I can't remember exactly which edition it was, that uh, Mark Miller admitted was deliberately set up so that if if you play it safe with, with your standard free trader, you cannot quite meet the maintenance bills. Mm. So you'll have to go and do adventury things. Yeah. Which is fair enough. I mean, people, people if that's be, what you want people to do. Well, but I, th- I, th- I think the inhabitants of the world's well, we'd start shooting at free traders if that if that causal link was. Um... <laughs> anyway, actually, we're drifting off off one of the things I wanted to talk about, yeah. which is um, designing those cultures and uh, picking governments for them and social structures for them, which are interesting to inter- uh, interact with. Mm. There's a temptation, and I, I yield to it myself sometimes when I'm designing worlds for. Um, campaigns, worlds and cultures where they're going to be for a while rather than just passing through, that I want to preach at people. I want to put in at least one, I think this would be an awfully good idea, 
uh, to try it a bit of uh, social experimentation mm-hmm. uh, but i do i i this is a terrible temptation but i'm i'm trying to learn to suppress it and be more cynical about human beings one example of this that i think works very well is legins the dispossessed there have been lots of SF stories about here is an anarchy, yay, we're all happy. Uh, Le, Le Guin has an anarchy where it, it kind of muddles along, but it's not particularly great. It has its problems. Yeah. Some people are happy in it, some people aren't. And th- that, I think, is, if one can achieve that in, in one's game, that is a much better bet yeah. than just, right, here is, an, here is anarchy world, here is your blaster, have fun. Yeah, well, here is your blaster, have, have, fu- have fun. Yeah, the... the Libertarian uh, uh, um, utopias do get on my tits, but uh, and uh, and if I depict them at all, I depict them as as hell holes uh, ruled by by warlords. The uh, because it's the logical uh, going back to to the Robert Baron stage is the logical degeneration um, of that of that sort of thing. But I think there are a lot of things to be said about that, but possibly not in the context of Robert right, Baron. Yeah. Certainly okay. not in the context of this podcast. All right, fair enough. But, uh, uh, but, but, but yeah, but, but preach, what, what, preaching what, is think, a thing to be avoided. I, I think I, one needs multiple layers. Okay, go on. I, I'm not saying everywhere that looks great should turn out to be terrible, and everywhere that looks terrible should be turn out should turn out to be great. But there should be some degree of subtlety. Hmm. I'm also not saying space Russia or space China or whatever. Yeah. You you can't really draw too obviously on the real world because the things that produce the real world aren't present in the same degree. The thing, well, there, but, but you know, there will be there will be a tendency, and in some sort of settings, it's fair enough for people to go out and try and recreate their ideal of the past, mm-hmm. and that's that's another sort of social satire. One of the things commentary. I'm using in my current space game is. A, a lot of the weirder worlds are essentially a bunch of people who who have a strong idea in common, got together and raised the money to get to get a colonisation license. Mm. Uh, th- this isn't something that's really come up in the game very much yet, but you know, the the most obvious example example is the Gurkha retirement world. Mm. Don't bother to invade the Gurkha retirement uh, world; oops. it only amuses them. Presumably, um, then Asia export is more Gurkhas. Yeah, uh, but I think things like that. You, people, people who who feel that they they can build the ideal society if only people would stop interfering with them all the time. Yeah, and have rich backers who probably aren't going along with them. Oh, now, if I were a rich, uh, if I were a billionaire uh, philanthropist in that setting. Getting annoying people, uh, people with with silly ideologies, out of mainstream culture would actually be a, a work of charity for mm-hmm. all sides. I, I will fund your colonisation effort. I ask only that you allow me to leave an observation satellite in orbit. <laughs> <laughs> all right, who's um, and, and what's the pool on them lasting? One generation, two. The uh, but what I think would be a good basis. We have a lot of imagined. Um, and sometimes realise, but imagined societies from the past, which would be an interesting thing to put forward. I came across looking up uh, uh, things up for this, uh, the word timocracy, mm-hmm. which means rule by the honourable. And it struck me that the Klingon world in Star Trek is timocracy, 
you cannot rule if you are not considered to be honourable. And the paradox- and cer- certain actions are simply disbarred from that. Yeah. Or by that. Uh, yeah, but but it strikes me that the the the, the problem is that the uh, that an honourable man is not always honoured. Um, but that that is part part of it, it. The the fact that you there are some things you cannot do. You you need everybody giving at least lip service to the same honour system. But yeah, that, that's not impossible. Uh, but uh, it, it it produces some peculiar some peculiar re- results. It's not quite. In some places, the kingdoms have been what's the word a kratocracy uh, depicted as a as a as ruled by the by by the by the strongest and the most militarily mighty, but it's not. Or, or just the one who's best at sneakily stabbing people in the back, mm. and or making them look bad. Yeah, actually, that is what happens in a, in a democracy that 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 the person that the defamer rules or at least has a, a, a veto over who gets to be in charge. Why is your newspaper called the Praetorian? Uh, we we guard against things. <laughs> well, one thing to consider is how, how much do you know? How much can you find out? Mm. Um, Traveller had had well two two supplements of library data, mm. but it it never tried to say here is something unique about every world, and I and I think it would have been an error to, to even to attempt that. But. Yeah, how how much information should you have? You you have these travel advisory zones, amber and red. Yeah. But giving people a warning that this is a dangerous place to go to kind of takes some of the fun out of it. Maybe that's just me. Well, uh, I, I think if, you know if, if if when you step across the um, star, starport extraterritoriality line, you you will be shredded because your nose is exposed. There are going to be big warning signs there. There are. Yeah. Well, that, that traveller is a is a, is a mature. Universe, there aren't that many borders uh, other than with other civilized powers. Um, but well, except I, that you've got a border at every starport. Yeah, but that, yeah, that's true. the 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 most I think that was done for for them was uh, was to, apart from the the Imperial Galactic Survey, which gave a ba- the basic one line data for each of the uh, several thousand world worlds. Um, and which was, you know, dull but a jumping-off point. You can breathe there. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, do not do not take uh, take your gun off the off the starport there. Um, and, and it's run by some sort of corporation, but they won't tell you tell you how detailed that is. The 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 sort of thing you normally got was something like uh, the various supplements depicting the Spinwood marches, a group of sectors. A group of subsectors uh, uh, folded into a sector, and at least a paragraph for each of the worlds. Mm-hmm. Some go into more detail. I mean, the the more populous the world, the more successful it is, the more interesting it is. There's but really every paragraph is an adventure seed. Mm. In some way, there is going to be a way people can interact with this world and do do interesting things there. There should be yes, the. There, there should there should be a bouncing off point for 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 each world, and if you can't find that, then it's a waste of space. Well, quite. Um, I, the thing I I often wanted wanted to play, but I didn't know anybody who was running it, mm. um, and I think it would have worked better if it hadn't been set in the Traveller setting as such. Was the, was Traveller New Era? There has been a big collapse for a long time. Nobody's been going anywhere. Yeah. The campaign starts 
as you know, your your home system has cobbled together some some rusting old ships and and got got a jump capable drive again. So so you, what you have is the old data about you know this world has glorious floating cities and, yeah. and so on. Uh, Ma- Ma- but but Ma- you don't know what's happened yeah. during during the collapse. So yeah, obviously the floating cities have plummeted, but is anybody still living there? And what do the natives remember and feel about the floating cities? Was it a sin to make floating cities, or was it glorious? And, and Would they do anything, including sacrificing the travellers to their god, to get the floating cities back? But even more important than that, do they have anything worth trading for? Uh, uh, spare floating city parts. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say that Mark Miller did um, traveller. Era Zero, or I think it was called Melia Zero. Melia Zero, which was basically at the start of the Third Imperium, rather than after its fall. But because there has been a long night, um, you're in the same position. You've got um, you've got worlds or other clusters of worlds going out and trying to discover what was left behind and looking at the interesting setting uh, readings in their very very out of date encyclopedias and. That, as a first contact thing, is yeah, really the way you want to go. It's not the static traveller setting, but it could be built in, built onto one. Yeah. And if if I had, if if I were running traveller, I'd be very tempted to do something like that. Yeah, I could, I could. But what are the things you can use as the trigger for the strange new worlds and new civilizations? One of the things I was thinking was an environmental feature where your generic humans are interacting with either another species that they've found, um, having your own tree cat sharing your thoughts, uh, or, you know, the shoulder dragon is definitely mm. a thing that, uh, that players find cute. and Well, geeks find cute. Uh, As opposed to terrifying. Yeah, really, really. Why am I worrying? Why he's cute and furry, and he has uh, sharp claws, but he is my friend. He tells me so. Yeah, uh, but that's what that's one thing, and all the customs yeah. that build build up w- with that. The what one of H. Beam Piper's that was cl- clearly silly, but so quite quite amusing. That there is this world where where the local wildlife is very good to eat, mm. but it is also huge and very tough. So if it's simply in order to herd it and bring it to slaughter, every farmer needs tanks. Oh, Bessie, boom! And when every farmer needs tanks, you have to have a certain attitude towards possession of firearms. Yeah. But let's not bother with anything you can carry, would be my attitude. <laughs> I'm spending everything on more shells. I, yeah. I, I think you can get away with some stereotyped planets. Um, a thing Brett pointed out was that even if you don't go there, it gives lazy players somewhere to come from. Yeah, barbarian world, Roman world, tea world. All worlds, all civilized worlds are tea worlds. There, there was a map that was put together on RPG Net recently that included Casablanca Station, psychic space communists, and the Cat Girl Empire. So maybe not to that extreme, but. Uh, <laughs> I feel the cat girls um, do need they do need a place uh, to come from. Uh, hey, look, the the Varga are dog boys. So, um, who are we to criticise? Who, who is Mark Miller to criticise? <laughs> I don't think he was. Never mind. The uh, the, the uh, th- so there is 
there's also the human subrace which has become dependent on something um, in their environment. The people who um, who need X or will will die, and and their culture becomes focused around X, mm-hmm. or the ones who actually the one of the most satisfying ones is the is the human subculture as as a first contact is the human subculture which has degenerated for reasons that are not entirely obvious. I seem to recall a short story about. Um, Finding uh, a human lost colony, where the children were smart, but the adults degenerated into um, subsentience, mm-hmm. and solving the problem involved discovering why this was happening, and finding a solution. And I can't remember. Uh, I don't want to spoil it for you if you ever find find <laughs> it. But um, it, it's it's. Uh, Fix uh, coming in as the wise outsiders and fixing things is something maybe you should should get to do sometimes, and then sometimes you should be maybe should, you should be warned off it. Lots of James White's um, hospital ship stories, yeah, hospital station stories are about. In fact, it may have been a James White. I'm thinking of. Hmm, I don't know, but they are are about the the local plague which you come in and you solve sometimes. Um, sometimes the solution isn't is is obvious, and sometimes it isn't. Yeah, um, biological adaptations, uh, cultural adaptations, because of something that went on in their history. This works better if you have a long night of isolation. Um, yeah. Bujol's Barrier is a great example of this. You know, they, they they have all sorts of weird things in their culture because of the way, the way things went. When, when they were relatively isolated and then, then a bit of a pariah who was being invaded by one of the big powers. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I'm, I'm quite fond of, we, we have this culture because we, 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 we like it and we decided to imitate it because then that allows you to have a bit more uh, variation because you, you've got mm-hmm. the people who don't want to imitate it, but they were born there. And yeah, I feel a great deal of sympathy for the people who were rebelling against um, against uh, the, the Sparta, the, the, the throne world for... Uh, for Newman and Pornell's new empire. Basically, I, I felt I, I, I felt a, a great deal of sympathy for those who were trying to overthrow that particularly smug and um, <laughs> uh, and and and, uh, and elitist system. Yeah, though also I, I was thinking, um, you know, we, we we have decided to re- recreate our idea of the culture of medieval Ireland only, only with nicer technology. Mm. I, th- yeah, but, but I want to be a starship engineer, and there is no role for me here. So, so I'm going to I'm going to try to sneak aboard a ship. Yeah, um, there there are. It is a good place to to set. There's another. Is another good world for for players to to come from. Is the world which is trying to preserve its culture and excludes the discontented, the people who who say I I I, I want more than this, uh, and gives them a route out. Yes, go to the starport, get on other ship, and never come back. We will pay your passage, mm. um, and good luck to you. And we hope you find find happiness, but you won't, as the, mm. el- the elders say, as they they throw you out. You are damned now, but I hope you have a comfortable life. Or possibly even we will pay your passage, but you have to buy your way back in. Ooh, if you change your mind. Yeah, that's possible. Yes, and very uh, and for the the corporatist worlds, very 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 consistent. 
Um, should the should the campaign force PCs to be travellers? I, I think generally they don't need much encouragement. It's well, in that ca- in that sort of campaign, if, if there are ships, about, people want to get on the ships. Yeah, um, you need you need people who are willing to be um, you in that sort of setting. The crew and the ship, the the crew is, is your is your player character group, and the ship is home. Yeah, um, this is traveller and Firefly, and and there there is like no that. particular planet you want to go back to. There are several places you want to avoid, <laughs> but uh, uh, I'm sure they don't still remember. They, they, they have us on file. They have us on file. Um, that there are outstanding warrants for us. <laughs> Um, but you you keep on tra- you keep on travelling because that's what you do. Yeah, Bre- Bress has come up with a whole whole lot of um, campaign frames that require this to happen. I mean, starting with the the exploration ship crew, but also things like you you are the roadies and managers for for a, for a really hot rock group, oh. and this is their multi system tour. Yeah, that's that's hopefully a limited campaign. Though the though the you are you you are the uh, uh, are the performers and crew of a interstellar circus mm-hmm. also has its possibilities. That's uh, on the list. Yeah. Um. The, I I don't know. I think you want the player characters to be fixers, people who um go into dangerous situations and exploit them. Uh. But. And, and well, to, to some extent, this, this, this solves the problem of, with, with, a, with a population of the whole policy in, yeah. in the multiple billions. Why are the PCs special? Um, one, of, one of this is because they are people who travel from place to place rather than live on just one world. Yeah. And another thing is because they are people who travel from place to place and perhaps are willing to bend the rules a bit rather than being, say, the ambassador who has to be seen to be behaving with propriety. Yeah. the With the very slow... Thing, there is a problem being um, the representative of any government uh, because you know uh, actually no maybe that's a feature if you are the people who get sent in six months after the alert has been sent out um, and the call for help then that mm. is, adds a whole new flavor to um, uh, to whatever it is whatever it is you're doing it may be that uh, what's called cultural adaptation, uh, or cultural adaptability in GURPS, mm. is a necessary trait for travellers. And it's, it's a very few people have it. That that may be that, that there are neurological differences, that people who can get along with different kinds of people really get along. That would be an oh, interesting from a, from a game mechanical point of view. Um, GURPS tends to assume that you've got maybe 10-ish big cultures in yeah. the setting, and on the basis that having cultural adaptability that lets you use it, use it, deal with any of them, costs you 10 points, whereas each individual culture costs you one. However, if you had hundreds of cultures, mm. all right, every PC is going to take cultural adaptability. Yeah, but but that doesn't mean they aren't unusual people in the context of the general population of people. Yeah, I would say so. The, make it a a compulsory thing. There should be a disadvantage to being like that, which is nobody entirely trusts you. Perhaps mm. I don't know. They are outsiders. They speak fairly. They they bow to our gods, but I do not trust them. He made the proper proper forehead gesture mm. um, to, to to the temple, but. 
Yeah, I've lived here all my life, and it took me years to learn how to do that. What? Who does he think he is coming coming in and imitating our customs? Yeah, they mock us. They mock us. I tell you, we shall burn them before the, before the starship arrives. It all comes down to fire in the end. Hmm. They and blood, fire and blood, mm. blood and fire. Motto of the Salvation Army. Good grief. <laughs> um, I was going. Yeah. Travelling from place to place and continuing to travel. I don't know, is there a planet of retired travellers, let alone uh, the planet of retired um, of retired uh, Gurkhas? Maybe there are retired travellers at each spaceport managing the bars and going on and on about their, their glory days. I could see that. I don't particularly feel like going out and getting shot at anymore. But I still like working around starships and the sort of idiots who fly starships. Mm. The I'm not quite sure. There should be a hook for each world. And I think one should possibly classify the sort of hooks that there are. Um, threats, problems, um, and opportunities. There should be opportunities going to um, yeah. There, there should the be. Distant worlds. I, maybe I you agree come. Maybe you come back. Uh, come back from that world with one of the uh, shoulder dragons perched on your shoulder. Maybe something as crude as that. I don't know. What what uh, what are uh, shoulder or dragon you, droppings you, like? Or you're on the, on the leading edge of the new trend, and you you have a hold full of um, furbies or something. Uh, then, yeah. You have, yeah, the, the, you have, you have the new, the 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 thing that's going to be the big new thing, but you can't go back there. You well, can, it's not trendy anymore. Well, quite. Uh, sell it and move on. Yeah, by by the time you've sold your load and gone back, one of the big merchants will have moved in and and um, bought up the entire production. Yeah, but you set the trend and you were the, there first, and so the jack of all trades um, thing. Um, the jote is definitely part of being uh, this sort of traveller. The the being not only being adaptable to cultures, but being adaptable to situations. Yeah, um, and possibly something like um, the aspects in fate might solve it better than the the uh, advantages in GURPS, but I'm not entirely sure. Mm. I think the thing one needs to be careful of designing planets is av- avoid the traveller approach of just listing the numbers because that will tell you a little bit, but it doesn't. It specifically doesn't tell you the interesting stuff. Yeah, the it, number... it, it'll tell you this is an asteroid belt, but it doesn't tell you uh, is it one big habitat or a bunch of little ones. How do they feel? How do they do things and so on? Other people here 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 are compulsive nudists. Um, uh, do they raise their children in a particular place or places? Um, do they have clans or what? Uh, yeah, and and so on. All, all this is the good stuff, as far as I'm concerned. M- yeah. Much more than the, than the physical data. Yeah, there are random tables uh, further down the, the the scale in Traveller for determining this sort of thing. But I think once you get past the first big numbers, you want to start to design. I won't say don't use the random tables as inspiration. If if you generate a, a very high-tech world that is also extremely religious. Well, why? This is not a trend we see particularly in the real world. So there, obviously there are several explanations for that. How, why does it happen this way? What's this particular world like? Yeah. 
And that's what makes it interesting. Okay. Um, I was going to say, uh, talking about governments, that governments, from the player's point of view, come in... Uh, several. You have several relationships with governments, and maybe this is the uber-government of the setting we're talking about, that um, they are either enemies, you're being chased by the Imperium, patrons, um, you're being uh, supported and driven by the Imperium, Imperium, or their flavour, their background, they're just something you swim in. You have to pay your ship licensing fees every year. Uh, they want their cut, no matter what. And uh, and they say you, you can't have nuclear weapons just, just because you think you might need them. But our ship's drive already is a nuclear weapon. And if you and if you turn it upon any civilian targets, um, you will be charged with a war crime, sir. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I think there is a lot more to be said about governments, and I think we might well end up saying that uh, next episode. Okay, well, let us move on, walk up, and uh, and climb aboard our starship, and fly away to the next destination. Whoosh. Burbling through the void and uh, watching the stars go all straight line and sparkly behind us, uh, this has been Improvised Radio Theatre with Dice. If you'd like to tell us about your ideal society, oh, if you really must, you can contact us at... Send email to podcast at tekeli.ly or leave a comment on the website. And we'll be back in another month to discuss uh, yet other things. <laughs>